This episode of the Flathead Beacon podcast is brought to you by Swenson Real Estate, service before self. With over 30 years experience, they've seen it all. Contact Jeff and Lorena today at 406-253-0033. That's 406-253-0033. Swenson Real Estate, service before self. Hello and welcome to the Flathead Beacon Podcast. I'm Andy Viano. This week we put out our annual jobs issue, taking a look at the market in Northwest Montana and the challenges employees and employers face as we hopefully reach the end stages of the COVID-19 pandemic. And to talk about all that, my guest this week is the Chief Economist of the Montana Department of Labor and Industry, Barb Wagner. Barb and I will dig into the raw numbers and learn how Montana has pulled out of the economic recession more quickly than other states, what the currently low unemployment rate means for those looking for work, who was impacted most by the pandemic, and what lingering effects we may see on the job market as a result of the tumultuous last 12 months. And don't forget to stick around after that conversation when I'll run through the biggest local stories from the last seven days that you may have missed. But first, a reminder that all of the work we do at the Flathead Beacon, including this year's podcast, is made possible in part by the Beacon Editors Club. Members contribute as little as $5 a month to keep our work going, and they can get some great perks, too. To join the club or learn more, visit beaconeditorsclub.com. All right, it is my pleasure this week to be joined by the Chief Economist from the Montana Department of Labor and Industry, Barb Wagner, to talk about our annual jobs issue, which is on newsstands now. Barb, thank you so much for taking a little time to talk. Thanks for having me. So let's start, I guess, just generally about where the job market is right now. Obviously, it's been a very tumultuous last 12 months and in a lot of different ways. Uh, and unemployment spiked at the start of the pandemic. And, and we've gone through so many sort of ups and downs since then, as, as we talk here, getting right up next to the end of March 2021. Where, where is the job market, both in Montana uh, and here in Flathead County? Yeah, it's been a real wild ride this year, Andy. And uh, certainly it has, you know, we've gone through it all. Um, we did have the highest unemployment rate we've ever had last year in April um, in the midst of the pandemic. And since then, we've had a strong recovery. And our unemployment rate is now down to 3.9%, which, you know, is pretty low. And we're starting to have concerns about worker shortages again. As you know, we've been talking about a worker shortage for a long time in Montana, then mostly related to the aging of our workforce and a lot of retirements. Um, we do have a shortage of workers overall, which, you know, is a good sign that is driven by job growth. And, and also, we have to acknowledge that our current situation is, is also a good sign. It means that we have recovered from the pandemic recession really, really well. Montana's economy came back pretty strong. We're one of the strongest states in the nation in terms of our economic recovery. But that does put us at a low unemployment rate. And then there's also some still some recovery to do from that recession. So despite having a pretty low unemployment rate, there's kind of some wonky things going on in our labor market. 
And I'll talk about that a little bit more. Even though we are down to a low unemployment rate, which would suggest that there are plenty of jobs out there and difficulties finding workers, we also have to acknowledge that part of that unemployment rate is due to the fact that workers have not been able to fully re-engage with the job market after the recession, particularly parents who have been you know, trying to juggle both work and family. Um, we have about 25,000 parents that we know of in Montana that haven't been able to go back full-time to work because they're trying to balance childcare needs or monitoring kids at home. And I know a lot of schools are going back to in-person, but some of them have reduced schedules. You know, it's kind of still a flux. So that has been an issue that has affected our labor supply. And then we also have workers who are hesitant to accept jobs where they are in interaction with uh, customers frequently because they're worried about the impacts on their health. As we get more vaccines out the door and we get more and more of our population vaccinated, certainly both of those two frictions will resolve themselves. But, you know, although we have recovered from the COVID recession in terms of, you know, having an unemployment rate that's now back down low, there's still some things that are kind of um, bothering the labor market and and interrupting the proper function there that are related to COVID-19. Well, let's talk about a couple of those things individually, and and one that strikes me personally, both because I wrote a story in this week's job issue about the the struggles in finding childcare and its affordability, and you know, as someone who's recording this podcast, sitting at home uh, performing my own childcare at the moment, what what is the way out? And and I know too that's not a new problem either. This is something that was there before the pandemic began. I mean, what? What and of course only made worse by the pandemic, um, but what what is potentially the way out? What can Montana employers do to make it easier and and more realistic for parents to both stay engaged in the workforce and uh, do what they have to do with uh, with their families and children? Yes, Andy, you're absolutely right. This isn't a new issue. In fact, Department of Labor has had childcare issues on one of our top workforce problems for quite a few years, and we've done a lot of research on it in the past. I think that during this pandemic, Montana employers have really responded to the needs of parents. We hear a lot of stories about employers who are adapting to this new environment and allowing um, parents to have a little bit more flexible time. Certainly, parents (laughs) working from home still has to juggle a lot, as you pointed out. And most of them are, you know, struggling to get the full 40 hours in while also working for kids. So I think from an employer standpoint, it remains the same as it was prior to the recession, which is if you allow flexible work hours, even scheduling shifts in advance is a huge help. For example, someone who knows when their shift is going to be every Thursday can arrange daycare around that schedule. But if you're shift isn't announced until right before the, like, you know, one week prior, or it changes often, it's difficult to schedule childcare around a rotating or unknown schedule. So set shifts well and known well in advance, that can help a lot. Flexible scheduling and flexible hours, that certainly helps a lot. And of course, Montana offers 
overall a fair amount of part-time jobs as well. And parents can often work part-time jobs, but not full-time jobs. So, One of the other pieces of, of this puzzle that, that has long been a concern here uh, and remains one in Flathead County is, is affordable housing, which is uh, becoming more and more of a challenge, particularly in a, in a resort town like Whitefish, where seasonal type employees or, or some of those part-time workers or folks in the service industries are, are having a harder and harder time finding housing. And, and of course, then those, those businesses are having a harder time finding employees. Where, what, what can be done? What, what has the state done? What's the, the, I guess, how serious is the problem of affordable housing uh, in a place like Flathead County? So we just recently added some data tracking the housing prices by county on our website. As you might know, it's actually kind of hard to get good, consistent data about our housing prices in Montana. The census doesn't track it for very many smaller counties. And Montana is a non-disclosure state, which means people don't have to reveal what their retail, what their sales price was of their home. So what we're providing on our website actually comes from Zillow because we found that was easier to track the data over months. But that might be something you guys would like to look at in the future if you're interested. Housing prices are really tough and boy, they've really skyrocketed this year. That's primarily being driven by super, super low interest rates. And people are able to refinance and buy new homes at such low interest rates. That's good for consumers overall. But that activity has really led to a huge increase in home prices, both at the state and nationally. We've also heard rumors of a lot of people moving in from out of state in order to take advantage of Montana's wonderful environment and our good standard of living since they can now work at home. And ultimately, that will benefit our economy. We have more people working here. Those people are spending their wages and income in our communities at the grocery store and at retail areas. But it can cause some upward pressure on housing prices as well. We don't actually have data exactly tracking the amount of people who have moved in or the numbers to, and see, to see how that has really affected home prices. Certainly, we know that the low interest rates have affected it, and you see that data nationally as well. But at this point in time, we don't have the migration data available. But we have, of course, heard lots of rumors about it. The Department of Labor doesn't directly impact home prices. Those programs are mostly run out of the Department of Commerce. But certainly, we have lots of conversations with employers about having housing costs considered when you're offering. Um, making wage offers and and how to you know account for those sort of costs when you're considering hiring new workers. Barb, I really appreciate the time. I'll ask you one more thing on the on the way out the door to go back to to something you mentioned early in our conversation. You know, Montana has done a pretty good job of of coming out of the recession caused by the the COVID nineteen pandemic. I guess, why, why, looking back, do you think that is that Montana was able to recover so quickly? And, and even with that quick recovery, I guess, what, if any, lingering effects do you expect uh, the pandemic may have on, uh, on the job market here in the state? That's a really great question. So 
First of all, I think Montana came through the pandemic better because, uh, you know, our shutdown was a little bit shorter than many other states. I also think that overall, the rural nature of our state and the ability of Montanans to get out into the outdoors to recreate, and, you know, so much of our economy is also involved in the outdoor activities, that kept our case counts lower. And it also allows us to continue on our normal lives a little bit more than, say, what happened in New York City, where you basically have to stay in your apartment the whole time to, to not engage with other people. We just don't face that same scenario here in Montana. And so we are able to continue our you know, normal activities and normal economic lives much more than people were in other states. And that's probably the biggest issue there. And while we did have some high case counts, COVID case counts this fall, we certainly had lower case counts like during the summer as we were reopening, and that probably helped us as well. In terms of long-lasting considerations, certainly I think we have a big issue to deal with with parents and childcare. As you mentioned, this was an issue before. It remains an issue. I do think we've probably had some parents drop out of the labor force because they were unable to keep up with the demands of both work and a child. So that's something, you know, it takes a long time to get that person back into the labor force. And we need them for our economy. We do have a shortage of workers. So um, continuing to work on that issue will be important. And then I think the work at home and remote work has offered a great deal of potential for Montana's economy. One, we have a lot of industries where we travel long distances in the car to meet with some of our clients. And I've heard from a lot of businesses that they've experienced a lot of productivity gains simply for not having their clients in the car. The ability and um, wider acceptance of using Zoom for meetings with clients can cut down some of our production costs, and that will help our economy. I also think we have a great potential of, you know, having more remote workers come to Montana, live here, enjoy our communities, help our economy grow, and they're really working from an employer out of state. So reducing the geographic boundaries, because Montana is such a big state, reducing those geographic boundaries really can make a big impact for our economy. Barb, this has been a great conversation. Thank you so much for uh, for making the time to do it. Appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me. Thanks once more to Barb Wagner, the chief economist at the Montana Department of Labor and Industry, for making time to join the show this week. And be sure to check out all of our stories in the jobs issue, which is available now on newsstands and will be posted online throughout the week at flatheadbeacon.com. And before we get to this week's headlines, Dr. Mark Remington of Glacier Eye Clinic has a message from our sponsor this week. I've known Jeff for probably around 20 years. Very good friend of mine. He's helped me both personally and professionally in the real estate market. He is super ethical, super knowledgeable. He's prompt. He'll return your calls and he'll steer you in the right direction. As a friend, he's been service before self. Contact Swenson Real Estate at 406-253-0033 today. And now here are the biggest stories from the last seven days as of 9 p.m. on Tuesday, March 30th. A coal mine based in British Columbia has been fined a record $60 million by Canadian regulators 
for leaking toxic contaminants into downstream waterways, including some in northwest Montana, causing deformities and mortalities among a population of native West Slope cutthroat trout. Tech Coal Limited, a subsidiary of Tech Resources, pleaded guilty on March 26 to violating the Canadian Fisheries Act, and the $60 million punishment is the biggest fine ever levied on a polluter. Tech's contaminants, including selenium, have reached the waters of Lake Kukanusa and the Kootenai River, in addition to several other waterways on both sides of the international border. The state of Montana had previously moved to protect the affected fish population, adopting a site-specific water quality standard late last year after five long years of research. That move was challenged by two Republican Lincoln County lawmakers earlier this year who asked to repeal the Selenium Standard because they said it was unfair to tech. That bill failed to advance in the state legislature. Elsewhere, a 68-year-old woman whose car struck a 6-year-old child as she exited a school bus near Olney in 2019 has reached an agreement with prosecutors and the victim's family through the little-used practice of criminal mediation. Patricia Berliner entered an Alford plea to felony criminal endangerment in Flathead County District Court on March 25th, meaning she maintains her innocence but concedes that enough evidence exists that a jury would likely convict her. Berliner and the victim, Jordana Hubble's family, agreed to enter criminal mediation last year and met with a Helena-based district court judge to discuss the case and potential consequences. Berliner was driving on U.S. Highway 93 in November of 2019 when she slowed but failed to completely stop as children, including Jordana, left their school bus and attempted to cross the highway. Court filings released last week raised doubts as to when the red stoplights on the bus were fully activated and whether Berliner had time to avoid a collision once the red lights were flashing and the bus door opened. Berliner will be sentenced in June. In other news, a study by the University of Montana Institute for Tourism and Recreation Research found that no county in the state has more short-term rental properties than Flathead County, which boasted 2,814 such properties, according to the researchers. The data is welcome news for businesses and communities that depend on tourist dollars, but another blow to an already skyrocketing housing market that is making finding housing difficult for many workers in those same tourism industries, something you can coincidentally read more about in this week's jobs issue. And finally, a retired sergeant in the Kalispell Police Department has been charged with felony criminal endangerment after he was allegedly driving drunk and crashed his pickup into an unmarked Flathead County Sheriff's Office vehicle that was being driven by an undercover sergeant who had been drinking at the same brewery as the man who caused the accident. The convoluted sequence of events that led up to the crash have resulted in the member of the sheriff's office, Logan Shawback, facing disciplinary action, including his removal from the Northwest Montana Drug Task Force, and charges filed against the ex-KPD sergeant, Anthony McDonald, who retired from the force in 2015. McDonald's truck was traveling approximately 50 miles per hour when it struck Shawback's vehicle from behind on Farm to Market Road as Shawback was attempting to turn. Shawback, who was not permitted to be drinking while on undercover assignment, 
and his blood alcohol level tested two hours after the crash, and at that time, he registered below the legal limit. That's our show for this week. Remember, you can read more about all of these stories and catch up on the latest breaking news for free at flatheadbeacon.com. Until next week, thanks for listening.